In just a few days, the brand new season is awaiting and arriving at the Vic. A brand new season of opportunity. A chance to clean the slate and begin anew. As your Golden Boys begin the 2022-23 season in the championship, starting on August 1st. And thus begins this brand new season of... Greetings everyone once again, Omar Moore here. I am so excited to start this brand new season of Yuan's podcast episodes and of course excited about Watford and the prospects for this brand new season. I am excited and I hope you are too, fellow Watford fans. It is great to be back. It is great to be gearing up for what I think could be a very exciting season. I mean, we cannot go any lower than we did last season. I mean, in terms of finishing in the Premier League, we could go one place lower. But in terms of just the state of things at the club, the state of things on the pitch, the fans and how we were divided and some of us feeling very frustrated and alienated. Others of us um, feeling uh, very disappointed about how the club had done. And also, of course, others of us trying to turn the page quickly. And look, I have to say, let's talk about this, shall we? Let's talk about not what happened last season, but let's talk about how the off-season has transpired. Because I think that Watford Football Club have done an outstanding job of not only turning the page, but also recognising the mistakes before turning the page and already are closing ranks ahead of the 100th year anniversary, which comes up on August 30th of this year. That's just a few days away. It's not very long away now, just about a month away. But when you think about it, one of the things that I've been impressed with, with regarding Watford has been their ability to turn the page, but also reflect upon what happened last season, because we all know it was abominable. We all know that the season last season just will not do. And it just won't do ever again, quite frankly, at Vicarage Road. When you come to think about it, Watford won just two games at Vicarage Road in the Premier League for the entire campaign last season. It's hard to believe that Watford will be any worse than that this season. One of the things that was very revealing in an interview that Andrew French of the Watford Observer did with Scott Duxbury, the Watford chairman and CEO, was that Scott Duxbury was very much disappointed in Roy Hodgson, especially with his behavior at Crystal Palace. On that very same day, of course, as you know, Palace relegated Watford, condemning them to championship football. And within seconds of that, Roy Hodgson was seen glad-handing with Crystal Palace players and doing a lap of honour with the Crystal Palace faithful and smiling and hamming it up with them. And of course, we as Watford fans were not pleased at the antics of Roy Hodgson. And in the interview, quite wide-ranging interview that Andrew French did, Andrew French doing this interview 
with Scott Duxbury. Duxbury admitted that he was disappointed in Roy Hodgson and thought that the behavior was, quite frankly, unbecoming of a Watford manager. Despite his previous ties, Roy Hodgson, to Crystal Palace, he had to responsibly understand what his position was in that moment. You've just been relegated and you are Watford manager and you have a responsibility. That's basically me paraphrasing what Roy Hodgson, you know, should have been doing according to Scott Duxbury. And Scott Duxbury, to his credit here, recognized his mistakes, apologized, and really pledged to be better. And I think with all the things about Scott Duxbury, look, I was one of those who wanted him to say goodnight to Watford Football Club. But it became clear toward the end of last season that Duxbury wasn't going anywhere. So all of us, including me, who were um, saying that Duxbury should go, and it took me a while to kind of come around to that, but all the people who wanted Duxbury out way before I wanted him out last season are going to just have to live with it now and uh, understand that Scott Duxbury's not going anywhere and the situation with him is very firm and safe and secure because Gino Pozzo wants him right where he is. And, you know, Duxbury is taking the steps to get all the fans on board. He is certainly is doing that. I think with that interview with Andrew French, I thought that was very important in the Watford Observer. It really revealed a lot of introspection about Scott. Look, look, Duxbury is not someone who fails to be introspective. I think he's somebody who really does. And I said this last season, even when I um, was looking at the exit door for Duxbury, I said that the Scott Duxbury loves the club, and I never questioned, I never have questioned, his sincerity and his love for Watford Football Club. Never have. I don't think the, the man is a bad man. I think he's a decent human being. I have just felt that some of the decisions he's made or not made have, uh, you know, had contributed to some of the things that were going on at the club. But this is a clean slate, and I thought that interview was an important one that was done because it does reveal that Scott Duxbury does want to bring all the fans on board again. We, we had the debacle around the supporters club last season. And I think now the club is recognizing that you can't have that kind of division. And you certainly have to be very careful around how you communicate around that because that was really the problem. Not so much the club, supporters club, but the division and the hierarchy and the lack of communication around it, which I thought was not good in a season that, of course, we have already forgotten. So I think that was the first important thing of this off-season, that interview that Andrew French of the Watford Observer did with Scott Duxbury and Scott Duxbury's introspection in a number of days during which he was speaking with Andrew French. So that was important. I think another thing that was very important in this off-season was the situation around Christiana Gerretta, the sporting director. Many of us were wondering, as Watford fans, what on earth does Christiana Gerretta do? What does he do as a sporting director? Because you really didn't see him around the place very much. He did make an appearance on the Watford show Inside the Hive during the season. And in some areas, he was committal. In other areas, he was non-committal and more general. But we were, many of us as Watford fans were asking, what does this man do? And it turns out what he does in the offseason so far is communicate and communicate to the fans, which is all we have asked for. We want timely communication and 
Cristiano Giretta is doing that. And he's telling us why it is that Kiko Femenia will no longer be a part of Watford Football Club. He's telling us why it is that Cucho Hernandez is no longer a part of Watford Football Club. And he's telling us clearly. And that's what we want. We are absolutely loving that. Giving us the reasons why. And giving us these reasons very clearly and transparently. Which is what many of us last season as Watford fans were asking for. And that is already changing at Watford for the better. And I, for one, as a Watford fan, a long, lifelong Watford supporter, I'm very pleased about that. A proud supporter of Watford Football Club forever. And I absolutely am very pleased with the way that this club now is beginning to steer the ship around in a correct direction vis-a-vis the front office and what they are doing when it comes to interacting with the fan base. Because this is what I would love to see for the rest of this season and beyond at Watford Football Club. The clear, transparent, open communication to all the fans. And again, if there ever is going to be any more supporters group meetings, really in the same spirit, open that up to everyone. That, that's one thing I will stick to. Open that up to everyone. Stream it live, please. Because that's how fans will feel involved. That's how all of us as Watford fans will at least know what the game is and what the story is. But I will say that Cristiano Giretta is already moving in the right direction. And I'm very much very appreciative and very pleased that he, among others, are doing this now. Scott Duxbury, with that interview that Andrew French did with him a few weeks back in the Watford Observer, moving in that direction. This is how you bring all the fans on board so everybody knows what's going on. And there are no groups or enclaves of fans that have all this information where, as the majority of the rest of the Watford fan base don't. We don't need that kind of hierarchy within the Watford fan base. We need to have a Watford fan base that is on the same page. We may all have our differences and disagreements about certain players and certain approaches and the style of play and all these other things, front office-wise and everything else, but we at least should have access to the information all of us, and at the same time. So those two things are very important. Another thing that really has struck me about off-season so far, when we're talking about off-the-pitch, is, of course, Lufa Blissett, who became an OBE in the off-season, Order of the British Empire, and long overdue for Lufa for that. He should have had that at least 25 years ago, quite frankly. Lufa Blissett has done so much not just for the game of football in England and beyond. He's also done so much in terms of his humanitarian causes and his philanthropy and his, his ambassadorship and his statesman quality and his work tirelessly to prevent prostate cancer, to make men aware of the importance of getting checkups in a timely manner and all manner of other things that he deals with, um, whether it's helping out children Helping, helping in education, whether it's dealing with hunger, whether it's dealing with all kinds of things. Luther Blissett has been, through and through, the greatest living Watford player. There's no question about it. The greatest ever Watford player in the history of Watford Football Club. And this living, this living legend continues to do excellent things for not just Watford Football Club, not just Watford Football Club fans and supporters, but for the whole entire town of Watford and beyond. 
He really is one of the paid the patron saints of Watford. I, I really think so. The patron, the patron is easy for me to say, right? The patron saint of Watford Town. And I must say, it's an honor that is more than deserved. And so the other thing about Luther Blissett that I was happy to see Watford Football Club do is offer him the title of life president. Now, this happened in June of this year. And again, I would have loved Watford Football Club to be a lot more aggressive about this in the past. Of course, we had our issues around why Luther Blissett was not part of the Hornets ambassadors. But I think that this gesture is a much more important gesture because it does rightly elevate Luther Blissett to his rightful place, which is something around the order of life president. Now, I'd love to see Watford have a statue of Luther Blissett outside Vicarage Road, the way they do Graham Taylor. I would love for that to happen. If there was a way you'd put it, I don't quite know where you'd put it. I don't think you'd put it well, maybe you would put it by the rookery, but I don't know. Maybe you would put it somewhere else. Maybe you'd put it out on Vicarage Road. I don't know. But um, I just think Watford need to have a statue of him. Now, that's going to cost money and all the rest, obviously. And we know about Watford's finances not necessarily being the very best. But we need to have a statue of Luther Blissett somewhere on that ground at some point, And hopefully this season, because we've got Vic 100, which I'll be talking about in a little bit. But I have to say, Luther Blissett being offered life president, I think is a very good step in the right direction. And I'm hoping that Luther Blissett accepts it. Of course, I've not heard yet whether he has or whether he has not. But again, the offer stands, Luther Blissett being offered life president of Watford Football Club. I think that that is certainly one way to honor him and honor him well. There needs to be a whole day for Luther Blissett by himself to honor all that he has done. And again, there should be a statue unveiling. There should be an unveiling of a statue at the Vic for Luther Blissett. I think it would be the very least you can do to honor such a legendary human being and a living legend at that. And so we're so thankful for Luther Blissett. One of the other things in, in realms of Watford family, because Luther Blissett is definitely part and a core part of the Watford family. And of course, Graham Taylor, the late Graham Taylor, is obviously a core part of that family as well. And of course, there is going to be a, a Taylor walk coming up in the next few days coming up um, at Watford. And of course, Watford have been talking about that a bit. But another key member of the family, of course, is Sir Elton John. And earlier this month, Sir Elton John returned to the place he loves the most, at Vicarage Road, as a beloved Watford supporter and, of course, former chairman of the club. And now, honorary chairman, honorary life chairman of the club, Elton John, returns to Vicarage Road as he did. He returned earlier this month to play two concert dates at the Vic on July 3rd and July 4th. Sir Elton wowed the thousands of Watford fans in attendance at the Vic for two fantastic concerts. And of course, it's all part of Elton John's farewell tour, which continues into next year and will start to travel all across the globe. It already is doing that. And uh, Elton did not disappoint from uh, based on what some of the Watford fans have been talking about. So that was a very good thing. So what Watford are doing is building family again. They're revitalizing family 
which, of course, got very, very lost in translation last season. And what Watford are doing are making a very conscious effort as a football club to build cohesion amongst the fans, to build connection amongst the fans back to the club. They're trying to rebuild that now. I think the Vic 100 effort is very important to that as well. And I think now this club is looking more openly toward bringing a whole family together. I've already said that Luther and Scott Duxbury and Sir Elton John, all of whom, of course, are bonded with Watford. Duxbury's been at the club for a while now, but of course the two legends, Luther and Elton, and of course the other legend, of course, the one and only Graham Taylor. This is an attempt now to bring this family closer together, to reestablish identity into family. And that is the most important thing before anything else that Watford does in this season to do, which is to re-bond that family together and keep that identity and re-establish that identity as the Watford identity. Now, when I return, I'm going to be talking about the players. Elton John himself, by the way, has said that he wants more involvement at Watford Football Club, and that's part of the family rubric that I was just talking about. But after this break, when I return, I'm going to be talking about the players and, of course, the new gaffer, Rob Edwards, and how the players and the new gaffer are bonding and how they did bond during a trip to Austria. I'll be talking about that Coming up after this on Yoots. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Yoons. I'm Omar Moore. And now it's time to return to the cohesiveness at the Vic. As Watford rebrand and re-identify and re-center their identity. Watford Football Club, as I said earlier, bringing the family together for a fresh start and a turned page as we enter toward the 100 years at Vicarage Road. I've talked about the core family, the identity of those, of course, who really have shaped Watford over the years, living legends, like Luther Blissett, of course, OBE, and Sir Elton John. And of course, the legendary Graham Taylor. Of course, there's also Anne Swanson as a key part of the Watford lore. Her family enclosure was one of the most important things that happened on the terraces at Vicarage Road. And she, of course, now has the Anne Swanson family stand at the Vicarage Road end where Watford fans and family members sit. It is a lasting and immortal honor to have that particular stand for the caliber of person that Anne Swanson is. To have her name on that stand means everything and certainly is something that helps to make Watford eternally a place where families are welcome. And in the spirit of family, I want to talk now about the Watford players themselves. And of course, the brand new gaffer, Rob Edwards, who was introduced at the end of last season at the Vic in front of the home faithful 
and was given a nice warm welcome, as was his assistant, his right-hand man, Richie Kyle. Now, both Edwards and Kyle have settled in at the club and have established a rapport with the players. In fact, they all went away to Austria recently and did some white water rafting and other team bonding exercises as the lads really got comfortable and formed a togetherness, a family. Again, this is something that was really good to see because, of course, last season we really didn't get that on the pitch. The sense that the fact the lads were there as a family together. They played very much unlike a family. But the bonding exercises that were being done in Austria during this preseason, which has now come to a close, I think are very important. And I think it's going to stand Watford in good stead this season. These players know each other well. They know their roles on the pitch. They know what Rob Edwards expects of them. And there's room for more improvement. Rob Edwards is going to be trying all kinds of things. He had Hassan Kamara playing as a right back, which is not really his natural position. He's much more suited to that familiar left back role that he occupied so ably last season as he ended up winning player of the season for Watford by a country mile. I don't think there was any question about it. Hassan Kamara is expected to stay at Watford, according to published reports, and we will see if indeed that holds. He certainly seems to be up for it. He would love to stay. And why not? He was the standout player for Watford last season, as I said. And he looks all fired up and raring to go again this season. As do a number of the lads who've come back from loan spells, like Tom Deli Bashiru, like Matty Pollock, who won the Player of the Year at Cheltenham Town last season, and... A number of other players, Joseph Hungbo among them, coming back from loan after a successful season away. And of course, you have a number of players returning, like Tom Cleverley, who, by the way, was made club captain this week. Congratulations, Tom Cleverley. A mainstay at this club, even when, last season, his skills looked on the decline. He seems to have a renewal about him this season in some of these preseason games and he just seems to have a different look to him. Certainly injuries did play cleverly and he certainly was not up to where I think he would want to be last season. Well, who was on the club? But apart from camera. But I think that Tom Cleverly comes into this campaign with a renewed sense of purpose and determination after what was, of course, a very miserable previous season that Watford had. But I think the bonding has really helped. And you can see that these lads look happy. I guess it's because they haven't played any games yet. But they do look pleased. They look happy to be amongst each other. It looks like there's a robust spirit. There's a new, fresh energy about the place. And of course, a lot of that is due to the gaffer himself coming in. And of course, the lads eager to impress him. Now, Rob Edwards has been very pleased with what he's seen so far. And in a preseason a five-game preseason that saw Watford win one, draw two, and lose two. This is what Rob Edwards had to say after the final preseason match against Southampton at Grosvenor Vale, the home of beloved Wheelstone FC. You know, I was pleased. Of course, we wanted to win the game. We want to win every game, and we didn't. But when you don't win, it's important you don't lose. Um, so very pleased with a clean sheet. 
Um, we created some chances, but we weren't able to be... Uh, we couldn't capitalise on them today, but the good thing was we, we created some good chances against a good team. Um, but what was m the most pleasing thing for me was the performance, the effort, the commitment from the players was, was excellent today. Um, they ran for each other, they fought for each other. And, um, and yeah, I thought there was real unity in the group. I thought they were great. So, you know, because it was time, especially that first 15 minutes of the second half, we had to stick together there. We had to dig in a little bit. We had to defend. We had to stay compact. Uh, and we did that well. And then we grew back into the game again. And then I thought we were, we were the ones pushing. We were in the, in the ascendancy then in the second half. So, um, overall, very pleased. Obviously, this isn't Vicarage Road, but it was your first opportunity to meet the Watford fans properly. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was amazing. It was brilliant. It, it felt... Um, it felt it felt great to meet everyone. I thought there was real support there. It felt like a real game as well because we've not really had that, and um, and we needed it. We needed it as well. We needed to see them. It was great. It was great to get around and, and meet everyone and, and have some pictures and, and sign some stuff and say hello because that's really important. Because I keep saying it, we're going to need we're going to need the supporters more than anyone this season. Um, we're all in this together, so it was great to be able to meet them today. And the team are playing more and more to your style of play. Have you been pleased with this progress in pre-season? Yes, I have. There's still more to come. You know, we've got to keep building. We've got to continue to work hard. We've got to keep improving. There's no doubt about it. We can improve in all areas. But there's some real signs of progress today. And I knew that would be the case. We're playing against a good team, playing against, you know, playing in front of some fans as well. So you, you, you'd get an extra edge. You'd get an extra yard as well. Um, naturally, that, that came, that was evident. But, um, you know, we've still got, we've still got a, a good way to go but promising signs. Nine days away from the opening day of the season against Sheffield United. You excited? Yeah, I am. I am. I want it to be tomorrow. The lads don't want it tomorrow now because they're a bit tired, but I'd love it to come, uh, I'd love it to come sooner. But look, we've got, you know, like you said, a few more days um, to prepare, recover first for a couple of days and then prepare. And we look forward to what will be a brilliant occasion in front of our fans at, at the Vic, you know, and, and, and a really big game. So can't wait for it. Thanks for your time, Rob. Thank you. And thank you to Watford Football Club for that audio on their Twitter channel at Watford FC. Rob Edwards there, the new Watford gaffer, reporting directly after the Watford nil, Southampton nil preseason game at Grosvenor Vale, the home of Wheelstone. Now, that's really a very good interview there, Rob Edwards. Well done. I, I think that he is genuinely pleased with how Watford are coming along. They do look a lot faster. They look a lot faster, a lot sharper, and they look a lot more aggressive. You can see it when you watch some of the highlights of some of these games in this preseason. Now, look, it's only preseason. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Some Watford fans were actually worried after the first result when they lost 3-1 at home to Cambridge, and then a few games after that losing 2-0 at home to Bolton. You can't worry about preseason results. What you want at this point during preseason, and the preseason has ended, that interview you heard with Rob Edwards was done uh, just a couple of days ago. But what you want in preseason is to sharpen your fitness and your conditioning and to be able to execute the vision that the gaffer wants. That's what your whole objective of preseason is. It's not to win every preseason game. It's not to score all these goals and not concede any goals, that's all secondary. Now, granted, would you love to have a clean sheet? 
like Watford did today? Of course you would. Granted, would you love Watford to win all five of these preseason games instead of only the one that they did win? Of course you'd like them to. But that's not the priority in preseason. The priority in preseason is to be on the same page, is to execute the manager's vision, and to keep your performance level up and perform well. That is your goal. And then you can start improving your performance. And then, of course, when the opening day of the season comes, you will want to start to work toward putting together a very good performance. Now, of course, it probably won't come in terms of where Watford really want to be until the first maybe four or five games when you'll start to really see Rob Edwards' imprint on this team. Now, of course, you heard the interviewers say there for Watford FC that you know, they're beginning to play in Rob Edwards' style of play, which is important because Rob Edwards, of course, is coming straight off of a uh, championship in Division 2, with, uh, if, you believe, if, if I remember correctly. He's coming off a championship with Forest Green Rovers, and he aims to do the very same thing at Watford Football Club. So, look, I think that the preseason, it's a successful one because the team and the squad is playing the way that Rob Edwards wants them to play. And that's really how you measure success in the preseason. Not by wins and losses, not by how many goals get scored, and not by how many get conceded. It's all about performance in the regulars, in the, pre, in the preseason, pardon me. And Rob Edwards, as long as he's happy with how these players are performing, really that's all that counts at this point. I think the fans, we as Watford fans and supporters, become the judges of all of this starting on August the 1st, when, of course, Watford take on Sheffield United in the first game of the new championship season for the Orns. But I definitely think that the white water rafting and all the other fun and games that Watford players have been up to during this preseason that just came to an end has definitely paid off because they do look like a together unit on the pitch. And of course, long may that continue on. When I come back, I'm going to be talking about the ins and the outs for Watford in this off-season and any possible possibility of new acquisitions to come plus of course some of the key, the key dates of this brand new season all of that is coming up right after this break So, Tom, that was the final game of pre-season against Southampton. How did you think the game went? I think it went well. Uh, we started started well. We had to, like, uh, rain the storm a bit because we knew they'd, they'd come out firing and pressing well from the front. So, I think we, we did well. We stayed in the game and then I think our confidence grew as the game, game went on. And there was a lot of pressing. We saw a very dynamic team. Does that reflect the hard work in training? Yeah, yeah. We work hard every day in training. Uh, we all know that Rob wants us to be a, a pressing team and try and win the ball uh, back high up the pitch. So it was good to, to see everything's like coming together now on the pitch. It's been a little while since you've had a chance to play in front of the Watford fans. So what was that like for you today? Yeah, great experience. Um, obviously, like you said, it's been a long time. Um, I've not really had the opportunity to play in front of the fans. So I'm just looking forward to the season and hopefully getting more game time. And how have you found pre-season so far? 
because obviously you've come back from Reading where you've, you've got a lot of game time and now you're, you're back in the team. Uh, yeah, pre-season's been good. Um, I think I've been doing well in training, uh, showing everyone what I can do. Um, we've been working hard as a team. Um, our patterns of play are starting to come together. We're pressing well from the front, so everything's coming together well, actually. Now we're coming up to the first game of the championship season against Sheffield United. How do you and the group feel? Yeah, we're confident. Um, there's, a, there's a bond building within the group. Um, everyone's starting to understand each other and how they play. Um, we're confident. I think, I, think we'll, I think we'll do well this season. And I think they will do well as well this season. I think Watford are going to be right up there for the promotion spots. I don't have any real doubt about that at all. That was Tom Deli Bishiru in an interview with Watford Football Club. Thank you again to Watford FC on Twitter for that audio. And I think Tom Deli Bashiru, who of course was at Reading, as you heard, last season, he had a really rough injury, of course, when he played against Reading, ironically, um, a couple of years ago now. And um, he, uh, as a result, of course, missed the, pretty much almost the, all of the rest of that season. Um, he did come back very late, I think, in that season, but he, he had had a serious knee injury. And uh, he now uh, needs to come back to Watford and play for them. Now, he is playing for them, obviously, in this preseason he did. But I would like to see him get a regular place in the first team 11. I would like to see that for Watford FC. And then that remains to be seen. Of course, the roster gets pared down on September 1st, the day after, I think, the uh, trading deadline for this uh, summer season, uh, summer transfer window deadline. And we will find out if Tom Deli Bashiru is a part of this Watford squad. He, I think, should be. I really would like that. But look, we've got to look now at the ins and the outs at Watford during this summer transfer window thus far. Let's go with the outs first. Samir is going to be on his way out of the club. That is something that is is happening. The Athletics talked about this and he will be leaving. He's the only, by the way left-footed centre-back that they have now. And that could be an issue for Watford because he was so able, uh, was Samir. Very versatile and able. Um, has a low centre of gravity as a centre-back and was able to clear the ball out, of course, of the left left foot. Now, Craig Cathcart, according to The Athletic and Adam Leventhal, is expected to fill the void there until Watford get their replacement. They're looking at a number of players um, to fill that line for Watford in that position, and we'll see how that comes along. So Samir will be out. Josh King is out. He has departed the club. Joshua King has said adios, and he is gone, as is Rob Elliott, who only played, to the best of my knowledge, one first-team game for the whole season that he was at the Vic. And that was against Stoke City, where Watford, of course, got bounced out at the Vic in the Carabao Cup. Of course, our old friend Ben Wilmot was a part of that Stoke team as well. And, of course, Stoke and Watford will play this season in the Championship. Rob Elliott says goodbye. Ben Foster, we know, says goodbye as well. Adam Messina says goodbye. He has departed Watford. And Kiko Femenia, as I referred to earlier, will also be leaving Watford. That is confirmed. Cristiano Giretta talked about this most recently in his communique to Watford fans, 
that uh, there's some uh, personal issues and business that Kiko needs to do in Spain, in his home country. And so, of course, it would make a lot more sense for Kiko to be playing football in his native country, closer to home, makes a lot more sense than shuffling back and forth between Watford and his home country. So Kiko Femenia, after several years as a pretty good, faithful and loyal Watford servant, will be saying goodbye to Watford. So that's our outs thus far. So far, the ins. Well, I don't know if you as a fellow Watford fan are panicking or are concerned about the fact that Watford have not necessarily signed a whole lot of people. But I would say that Watford clearly, it seems, are going for quality, not quantity. And I think that they are very, very picky, understandably, because the financials suggest that you should be. They are really wanting to bring quality people into the club and obviously look to strengthen in the positions where they may need to strengthen, of course, when the season begins. Now, again, the summer transfer window deadline is going to be the end of August 31st. And for, excuse me, the day after that, on September 1st, the roster gets tendered. So there will be some decisions made, obviously, and some of these players will be missing out. But the deadline transfer, uh, the window deadline ends, uh, is on 31st of August. So that is what we know as far as that's going. But the ins for Watford, some good ones here. Vakun Bio, striker who is uh, very much lauded and someone that Watford have had their eye on. He arrives at Vicarage Road. Also another striker, Ray Manai. He comes in from Barcelona, the Albanian international, joins Watford as well as a striker. Yasser Aspria from Colombia, the young midfielder, joins Watford. He looks very good in preseason. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at Yasser Aspria, but my goodness me, isn't he the genuine article for Watford FC? And then two goalkeepers you knew about Maduka Okoye. He is already, of course, um, here at Watford, and he will, of course, continue on as the uh, goalkeeper at Watford, although he is the number two to uh, Daniel Bachman. At least that is how it has been so far. He has been officially named now, Daniel Bachman, as the number one goalkeeper for Watford. We'll see how long that lasts. I think that's out of respect for Daniel Bachman, who has been now at Watford for a number of seasons. And uh, I think it's very clear, though, that Maduka Okoye will begin to inherit that number one goal um, before too long. And Ben, excuse me, and Daniel Bachman is expected to be leaving anyway, rumored to be going off to Manchester United or if not United, somewhere else. And it seems very clear to me that Daniel Bachman will not be at Watford for very much longer. But we'll see. We, we shall see. But these signings and Ben Hamer was the other goalkeeper who joined Watford. And he came in last week. But it seems to me that Watford are just trying to go for quality and not quantity and trying to put the right pieces together to make a more streamlined squad, a squad that's, a squad that's very direct and purposeful because that is the way I think that Rob um, Edwards is playing. He wants a direct, purposeful team, a precise team, a very direct team. That's what you get for Rob Edwards. He's someone who wants a very direct style of football, a very aggressive, high-pressing type of football that you force the opponent into making mistakes and you put your opponent on the back foot, on their back heel, and have them panicking and put pressure on the defense. And that is what you have with a Rob Edwards team. 
He wants it much more streamlined, much quicker, much more integral, much more focused play. And you're seeing that, especially in that game against Southampton, the final one of the Watford preseason. You're looking at a more streamlined, dynamic, and much more aggressive Watford on the pitch, which is really what will certainly go a long way toward the uh, kind of success that we are all hoping for as Watford supporters and fans this season. So those were your ins that I mentioned. There will be, I'm sure, one or two more perhaps coming, but there are also a couple more going out. There is word, now it's not confirmed yet, that it's possible that both Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar may start the season at Watford. And if no one comes in for them, certainly before this deadline window shuts on the 31st of August, well, they'll be at Watford for at least until January. So for those Watford fans, including myself, who wanted to see the back of Emmanuel Dennis during this offseason and the back of Emmanuel Emmanuel Saar, yeah, Ismail Saar, this offseason, you'll have to wait just a little bit longer for that. Because if there are no takers, they will start the season at the Vic and will be there perhaps for at least another four months. So they're not going anywhere just yet until, of course, an offer comes in. And the and Watford are working to make sure that the uh, clubs that may be interested get um, a deal that, of course, is good for all parties. Now, we'll see about both Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Saar, who together scored, I think, a combined 24 goals last season for Watford. So that is what you're looking at as far as the ins and outs and maybes are concerned. And we'll see how it all goes from there. Now, I promise you, when I come back again this time, I will be focusing on the Watford fixture list because that is something that's worth focusing on. Welcome back to a brand new season of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore, and it's time now to focus, of course, on the fixtures. Now, there is one bit of business that I want to make clear that I do not forget and make sure I don't forget. Of course, as I mentioned earlier on, Cucho Hernandez has also left Watford Football Club to play for the Columbus Crew in the MLS. That's Major League Soccer in the United States. And just a couple of weeks ago, he opened his account for the Columbus Crew with a game-winning goal. That was, of course, something you expect from Cucho Hernandez. I was hoping that he would stay at Watford, but that, unfortunately, did not happen. And by the way, Ashley Fletcher has returned to Watford from his loan spell with the New York Red Bulls. But it is expected that Ashley Fletcher will be departing Watford either on loan or permanently during the next few days and weeks as he looks for a home to play regular football in away from Watford. That is something that I think has been reported by a number of outlets including both, I believe, the Watford Observer and The Athletic. So now it's time to look at what's going on with the fixture list. Now, of course, last month, 
The fixture list was unveiled for Watford. Their first game of this brand new championship season, as you are well aware by now, is on Monday, August the 1st at the Vic against Sheffield United as they kick start their campaign in the championship with a very good expectation level for the season. That's the first game. It will be a live game on Sky Sports Monday, August the 1st at 8 p.m. In fact, the first three games of Watford's new season in the championship will all be televised on Sky. The next game is the following Monday, the 8th, against West Bromwich Albion at the Hawthorns. And then, just four days later, on Friday the 12th of August, their first game against a fellow relegation rival, that would be Burnley, and that will be at the Vic. All three of those games, those first three games, to be televised live on Sky Sports. It won't be until the 20th of August until Watford play a game on a Saturday. Before that, they will be at Birmingham City on Tuesday the 16th of August to take on their former Watford talisman, of course, Troy Deeney and Birmingham City at the Birmingham ground. And of course, as I said, just four days after that, on the 20th of August, a Saturday, they will be visiting Preston North End. So those are the games, the first five games of Watford's season in the championship. And then the key dates this season, you will want to circle on your calendar for Watford in the championship. A Saturday, October, excuse me, Sunday, October 23rd clash at the Vic against the hated rivals Luton Town. And a Boxing Day clash against Millwall at the Vic. And there is Sunday, January 1st, New Year's Day for 2023, a trip to Carrow Road to take on Norwich City. Another relegation rival that they'll be taking on from the Premier League. Now, there are, of course, some important other dates. The last five fixtures, let's talk about those for a moment. The final five fixtures of this new season for Watford. They will be taking on Bristol City on Saturday, April the 15th at the Vic. Just four days later, on April the 19th at home against Cardiff City. Three days after that, on Saturday, April the 22nd, they are at Hull. And then a week after that, they go take a trip up north to Sunderland against the Black Cats. And then the final game of the English football championship season, and hopefully the final game of Watford's tenure in that championship, is Saturday, May the 6th at the Vic against Stoke. Now, of course, there's the very important event of Tuesday, August the 30th of 2022. That's coming up in just over a month from now. What's so significant about that? Well, it's Vic 100, 100 years at Vicarage Road. It was back in 1922 when Watford played their first ever game at the Vic. They took on Millwall and it ended nil-nil. And by the way, Watford actually will happen to play on August the 30th. Coming up, well, they'll take on Middlesbrough at the Vic. Expect lots of pageantry and celebration of 100 years at the Vic for Watford. It will be quite a spectacle for that Tuesday, August 30th home match against Middlesbrough in the championship. That will be very exciting. There will be lots of honours and dignitaries and celebrations and all kinds of things that you can expect to happen 
on that special date, 100 years of Watford at Vicarage Road. That will be very exciting indeed. There's going to be, I think, a book put out about all of this. There's also going to be uh, something in the museum, a Watford Museum around this, signage, all kinds of historical artifacts and a number of other things, tributes and celebrations on what will be a very special night at the Vic, Tuesday, August the 30th, 2022, against Middlesbrough, Vic 100. And by the way, the shirts that Watford have put out this season, thanks to Kelme UK, an excellent kit manufacturer, one of the better ones that Watford have had in recent years, are just nothing short of astounding. These shirts look absolutely magnificent. The home shirt this season and you know it by now, is absolutely a dream. Lovely, bright yellow color. The trim around the collar looks very nice, the red and the black. And then the sleeve, piping around the sleeve too, uh, looks really nice as well. You've got red on one side and you've got black on the other. They've put a lot more red on the kit this season than they did on the home jersey, at least this season, than they did last season. But the problem is the shorts are not red. They are black. And many of us were clamoring for red shorts, but that, alas, was not to be. And that was the only mistake, I think, that Kelmay made with not having red shorts. They should have had them this season, but that just was not going to be. But this shirt is an absolute dream. It really is. And you look on the inside of the shirt um, and around the collar area, it says Vic 100. And it looks really nice. It's kind of in the shape of the way the W-A-T-F-O-R-D-F-C looks as you come up to the Vicarage Road and you see that on the top of the building on the side there on the Vicarage Road end. And then, of course, if you turn the shirt over on the back, the lovely embroidered Vicarage Road 100 years, it looks really nice on the back of that shirt. Lovely embroidered. You just run your fingers over that. It's absolutely lovely. So the manufacturer has done an excellent job with the kit this season. I love the other shirts that they've got, the training shirts and the training range and the travel range, rather. All of that looks absolutely brilliant. Kelme just continues to outdo themselves every season with these kits and these shirts. And of course, they've recently unveiled the blue shirt, the away shirt, of course, tracing back to their heritage, the shirt that they would wear in the 1950s, where it would be all blue. That would be the original home shirt for Watford, or one of the original home shirts. Because in the 1950s, and I've talked about this before, and I've also had a guest on from the Watford Treasury to talk about this as well. Or at least I mentioned to him at the time uh, in last season's episodes of this particular podcast that the blue kit, the printer's blue kit, was very much tied to Watford because, of course, Watford had a lot of printing presses for the newspapers around from the 1950s right through the 1980s, if not, if not beyond there. And... The printer's blue represented the ink, the blue ink. And that was the color for Watford at the time in the 1950s. And you had the players actually wearing those blue shirts as the home shirt at the Vic. This is long before the shirts became what they are now, the golden yellow that they are now. So that will be really nice. And those shirts look very good. These new blue shirts look very, very good indeed with white trim on them as well. By the way, I am giving away a shirt. I'm giving away a blue shirt and that giveaway will be announced for this coming Friday. And don't forget, if you would like to be involved to have a chance of winning 
the Watford away shirt that I'm giving away, and it's a women's shirt that I'm giving away, please don't forget to sign up by retweeting the pinned tweet that you see at uorns, WFC. And don't forget, of course, to make sure you retweet it as well and follow uorns, WFC. And of course, if you want your name in the hat twice, you have to also go off to Instagram and like it there as well, the same message. And of course, it's a women's shirt for the away shirt giveaway that I will be doing this coming Friday, August, excuse me, Friday, July the 29th, pardon me. And I've already given away the uh, home shirt. The home shirt has been given away. I did that about a week and a half or so ago. And that shirt is going to be on its way to the winner coming up in the next week or two. I will be giving updates to that particular fan. And so if you want a chance to win the women's shirt for Watford, their way shirt and the women's cut, you will be able to head to Uorns WFC between now and Friday, the 29th of July. And don't forget to retweet and also follow Uorns WFC on Twitter. That's what you have to do to be a part of the contest. No quote tweets, please. Just to retweet, please. And follow Uorns WFC. So I'll be giving away the second shirt, the second giveaway of this early season so far, this preseason really, which has now come to an end, it will be that blue shirt for the women. Women only on that one. That will be the shirt I'm giving away, women's shirt. So stay tuned for that this coming week. Now, look, the other thing that I think is important here to look at with what's going on at Vicarage Road is that there is a great expectation for how they will perform this season, the lads, And I think they're really raring to go. I think they're really ready to wipe the slate clean, to move forward, to do all the things they didn't do last season that they plan to do this season. I think that they are absolutely ready and willing and able. And now there's just a few more days before next Monday's first contest of the brand new season I have no doubt that Watford will be up and at it and ready to go. And I do think that they've got a lot of players who look very good. I like the way that João Pedro has played in this offseason so far in the preseason. Uh, I like the way that uh, Yasser Aspria has played. He looks very good indeed. I think Maduka Okoye is a proper goalkeeper. And I also like the kind of energy and effort that Hassan Kamara is giving, as you would expect. I also have been impressed with some of the other players at Watford. I think even Emmanuel Dennis has looked a little bit lively. But it's likely, as I said before, Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar will be out the door before too long. And then you've got a number of other players, Vakun Bayo and Ray Manai, who both are looking pretty good as well. So there's lots of things that are positive to report coming out of the preseason that Watford have had. And of course... There's lots to look forward to in this brand new season that is coming up oh so shortly. And I am very excited about it. I'll say one more final word about what Watford should be looking to do this season and where I really think that they are going to be at the end of this season. At least an initial prediction. Coming up right after this. 
Welcome back to a brand new season of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Just a few final reflections about what could be for Watford this season. Of course, we're all, as Watford fans and supporters, thinking about the prospect of an instant return to the Premier League. And after last season, nothing less will do. And in fact, really what Rob Edwards is looking at now is nothing less than finishing at the top of the heap in the English Football Championship at the end of this 2022-23 season. And I do think that that is a very realistic possibility. Watford can't possibly be any worse than they were last season. And after only two wins at the Vic in the league play last season, there's every thought that Watford is surely going to better that this season. If they were to win their opening game of the season at home against Sheffield United, they'd already be 50% of the way toward equaling the total number of league wins of last season. Just think about that for a second. I think the potential for Watford to do very well for next season is very clear and very present. But of course, it's one thing to talk about this. It's quite another to put it in play on the pitch. And that's, of course, where all of us will be watching very intently and very closely over these next nine months or so. Of course, this season, there's that extra wrinkle of a one-month international break. Well, it's a one-month World Cup break. Of course, because of the World Cup being played this November in Qatar, where, of course, it will still be quite hot. And, of course, this would be an opportunity for Watford to recharge their engines and their batteries, no matter where they find themselves come the beginning of November. They'll be off for a whole month before they resume play. Again, of course, like all of football, to watch the spectacle of the World Cup, where, of course, there are high expectations for a number of international teams. For Watford, in terms of their club play, there is lots to look at and be encouraged by. Now, this is even before we talk about completing the transfers and the deals, because Watford surely will make one or two additional deals. There's no question about it, and there'll be a few players departing anyway. Tom Cleverley obviously is not going anywhere. He will be your club captain. He is your Watford club captain for season 22-23. It remains to be seen whether or not some other players will be leaving. Uri Kushka has left. He departed. That's another one I forgot to mention. But it will be remaining to be seen just who else will be following Uri Kushka out of the Vic. I've already told you who is definitely going and who has gone. Who else will be coming in? And who will not make the cut for the roster once it is tendered in to the English Football League on September 1st? I think that Tom Deli Bashiru has a chance to stay in the squad I also like the prospects of João Pedro certainly staying on the squad. Kucha Hernandez, of course, is gone, as I've mentioned. There are other players who look very hungry. Joseph Hungbo, I think, should stick around, as should Matty Pollock. I think he would also be someone who will stay put at Watford for this season. Of course, I could be wrong about all of these things, but I feel very confident about his status in terms of him anchoring that back line 
Hassan Kamara is expected to stay at Watford as well. But I think that the prospects for Watford to be returning to the Premier League look very good. Of course, there's going to be four or five other main contenders that they're going to have to deal with this season. Maybe six. You certainly have the other two newly relegated teams with Watford, of course, Burnley and Norwich. Both of them are going to be up for a scrap and will be looking for an instant return as well to the Premier League. And then you've got Blackburn Rovers who came so close to getting to the playoffs, but yet so far away. Injuries really hurt them. They'll be extra motivated, as will Sheffield United, by the way, who, of course, lost out in the playoff semifinal to Nottingham Forest. And you can't discount Huddersfield either. They, too, lost out when it really counted in their matchup against Sunderland. Of course, Sunderland now are in the championship and Watford will be playing them as well. So you've got a number of teams. Queen's Park Rangers and Millwall also can't be discounted as they try to make a push for the Premier League. And look out, there's also the hated rival Luton Town that will also be making that push as well. So there's at least half a dozen teams that Watford will be jockeying for position with in terms of an instant return or a return to the Premier League. But Rob Edwards looks like a very confident manager, a head coach who is looking to get Watford not only back to the big time, but as champions of the championship in the way that Fulham did it under a former Watford manager named Marco Silva just a few months ago. I expect that Rob Edwards will very much be in the hunt for that coveted championship title. It would be one of the highest honours. In fact, it would be the highest honour that Watford will have ever had. I think joint highest honour, perhaps. But the championship would be a prize that Watford certainly could win. Of course, they've had high honours before, finishing runners-up in Division 1 back in the day, when the heyday of Elton John and Graham Taylor and Luther Blissett was in full effect at the Vic. But these players now look very hungry. They look focused. They look inspired. They look like they're ready to go. Then they look raring to go, as does the gaffer himself, Rob Edwards. It will be a very interesting time this season, and it can't get any worse than it did last season. And for the Watford women, they have a new man in charge as well. And there'll be lots more to say about Watford women as they try to pick up the pieces after their relegation campaign, unfortunately, last season at the very last kick of the game that really sunk them, unfortunately, into lower league play. They certainly will be beginning the long march back. Both of these clubs, both of these teams are looking to return to where they should be. And certainly the hard work continues, as does the commitment to excellence at Watford. Don't forget, fellow Watford fans, you can follow me on Yuorns WFC on Twitter and also Yuorns WFC on Instagram. Remember, for match reports, occasional match reports, commentary and opinion, visit yuornswfc.wordpress.com. And of course, subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also don't forget to subscribe to the Yuorns WFC 
YouTube channel. Search you Orns WFC. Just type it into the search bar on YouTube and you'll be able to get the videos and just subscribe there. And don't forget to like the videos too. There'll be a number of them this season, match reports, and a whole lot more coming up in this brand new season for Watford Football Club and the brand new season of episodes of the Yuan's podcast. Well, I've said just about all I have to say on this brand new season in this first of a brand new edition of episodes of Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore, and I wish you a very happy Watford week. Take care, and you.